well, we are back again with another episode of Chasing Labels. Was that too sinister? Have- Was that too sinister? No, you yeah. sounded like a great James Bond villain. Oh, that was what you were going. What should for. my James Bond villain name be? I don't know. All the good ones seem to be taken. Uh, how about um, Jimmy Crack Corn? I'll take that one. And I just like always have a piece of corn and I crack it in my hands before I'm like I could intimidate my, you know. Or you could have like various like corn themed f- uh, food that you're constantly snacking on. Oh yes, I have some like Frito popcorn. corn chips. I'm like, mm. and that's yep. my advertising, you know, as I'm doing. Yeah, and you hold you hold it up to the camera <laughs> like in Wayne's World. Yeah, <laughs> I have a headache. Take two of these. <laughs> All right, well, we're going way off track here. We are back on another episode of Chasing Labels, uh, spine number eight. Uh, I'm Stephen Billings, and with me, as always, is Andrew Cabral. What's up, man? Uh, what's up? I'm doing good. We are still in the single digits, still in that super God, primo, I know. primo collector's items, low, low numbers. I can't wait till we get to double digits. It's, it's, I know. It's so close. But, um... It's been a slow week. Uh, we don't have as much as, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not sweating as much for this episode, but there's some interesting titles, some interesting things to talk about as usual. And um, where do we want to begin, Andrew? Well, we will begin huh, with our old dear friends, <laughs> our friends who are always reliable. They never let us down. They're always there. Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and that is Kino Lorber, specifically Kino Lorber Studio Classics, which is a mouthful to say, so that's why I keep saying Kino Lorber. Um, but we're going to start where we left off from last time. Really, the next day, they were already <laughs> announcing stuff after our previous episode recording. And these are will be like their September titles, I believe. Okay. And first up here is a film starring Jodon Baker and Jim Kelly called Golden Needles. Mm. And this has 1970s scre- uh, stream, uh, screaming all over it. it. Yes. And it is from 1974. <laughs> yes, and, um, and it's, like, it's like a Kung, like a karate picture. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. If you know Jim Kelly, he was in um, Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. Yes. And yeah, he was in a lot of kung fu, kung fu movies around that time. Um, and Joe Don Baker, what's your affiliation with Joe Don Baker? Uh, Do you have any? No, not really. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I, well, know, I, I know I know the name and I, I know I've seen some of his films, um, but um, I don't have much to say about him. Well, Joe Don Baker was in a James Bond film. He was, was he? in Goldeneye. Oh, the, you were trying. I see where you're going with that. Yeah, damn. How did I miss? So it? I mean, he was in that, but he's also in a movie called Mitchell, okay. which was spoofed by Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand, and it's a significant episode for them because it was the last episode of their original host Joel Hodgson that he was in. But it's a Mitchell is a crazy movie with Joe Don Baker. It may have actually been from the 70s. I don't oh, even okay. remember. Anywho, he's like a southern Texas ranger who has to go to like some European country to extradite to find some some criminal or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, he he's he will not he refuses not to wear his cowboy hat. But, oh, okay. but uh but this movie here um is like I said, comes out nineteen seven came out nineteen seventy four. It's getting a brand new two K master, new audio commentary with film historians Howard S. Berger and Chris uh, Poggiali, a newly commissioned art by Vince Evans, Radio Spots, TV Spot, Image Gallery, Theater, Theatrical Trailer, Reversible Art, Limited Edition Slipcase. So mm. they're they're really using that a lot more. And these are limited. Yeah. Um yeah, these are super limited. And then it's and then there's optional English subtitles. And the reason why I emphasize super limited 
is because I've been trying to get their 4K UHD edition of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which yeah. just came out. And to get it with the slipcover is near damn impossible because yeah, those yeah. sold out so damn quick. I think they're limited to like the first 2,000 copies. Maybe. it's Which is pretty small. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is... Uh, yeah. Actually, from the same director of Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Now that I'm reading it. Yeah, and and, and it's it's you know this is a fantastic. I mean, look, I don't know if this is a good movie, but I can tell you that the synopsis kind of gets me in. Okay, so like all these factions are like all are like karate factions are all like going after this statue, and you're like, why are they why do they want the statue so much? Apparently, it's not the statue itself, but the needles, the golden needles that are inside the statue that apparently. If placed in the right parts of your body, t- turns you into a sex machine. Basically, like you're like the best sex guy. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. But if you put it in the wrong places, it can kill you. So, well, that's the risk you take. That's the risk that's you really take. The risk if you, you want to be like, you know, yeah, if you want to be a sex god, in, in the yeah, I mean, yeah. you really gotta, you really gotta. So these are a bunch put, of insecure d- dudes that are like really need help by stealing these needles. So. I guess this is yeah. This is definitely the pre Viagra, pre Cialis days. Yes. Because uh, I think that stuff's only come around like the last like two two decades or yeah, so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Or well, however. What was long. that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? Um, oh man. Where they create. Viagra. I'm not gonna look it up. Yeah, I'm not, I have yeah. it too. Yeah. Uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hathaway. Yeah. Um, uh, it's directed by um, shit, and it's a it's uh. <laughs> Directed. God, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do. We're, we're doing you this do on the it. podcast. Do it. Damn it. Um. Um. It's like a journeyman type of director. I don't. He's looking it up. You know, I'm gonna look it up because I can't help myself. God damn it. Oh man. Help it's us out Jake there. Gyllenha- yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal has so much, so much. I'm sorry, guys. This has got to happen. Know. You know how it is when you're like, you can't think of something and you got to know oh, right now. Yeah. Love and other drugs. Love and other drugs. Thank God. And it's done yeah. by. Who? Uh, Edward Zwick. Okay, that wow, is wow. the guy. Yes. I'm For some reason, Werner Herzog the... was in my head. And it was <laughs> like, I was like, I know that's not right. Um, I'm trying to remember if I have this movie. I have this movie. I should have known this. I think I have it, but I don't know if it's in my Edward Zwick section because we, we, I didn't know it was Edward Zwick. We went from you know gold what? It's needles. It's not because I'm, I'm looking at it on my shelf. It's in the wrong place. Wow. What have I done? What have you done? We are going way off tangent here. Yeah, I know. We, gotta, uh, we went back from on, talking back on about gold, the movie Gold Needles to Viagra to the movie. Well, yeah, it, Love it connected. It, well, I mean, it connected. I guess I when mean, it comes to sexual prowess, I guess, yeah. Yes. Um, but um, I think Gold Needles sounds like it could be fun. So, I do I do dig the cover, too. Yeah. I do the, I do really like the cover, and it's a reversible cover, too. And the reversible cover, I'm guessing, is looks like the original poster. Yeah. Because that, that looks very old school. It's it's a golden statue with pictures of all the actors, like around it, for any for anyone listening. That look like like the stills that they gave the people when they like. Yeah, they're tried they're like out. black and they, white headshots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not great. <laughs> but but right. uh, yeah, next movie, which is coming out September fourteenth, is a film from nineteen sixty six. So we're going back, back in time. It's a movie called Rafifi in Paris, or also known as The Upper Hand. And this. Is only, this only has a new audio commentary by filmmaker slash historian Daniel Kremer and cinematographer Aaron Hollander, and then trailers. Yeah, nothing much. Not um, but it with looks this one. like yeah. like um, it looks good. Like I really want to watch it. It's got a cool. I like the artwork. I like the, the image we got here on the front of the guy 
like uh, kind of with the uh, Eiffel Tower uh, older gentleman. He has a gun in his hand. He's got a dog. He's like, look, if I, if I if I don't kill you with this gun, this dog will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the movie stars uh, Gene Gabin and um, George Raft. Now, is it is it the George Raft? <laughs> You're asking uh, the wrong or, guy. Or is it somebody here. else? The George Raft, like he's like my neighbor. Is that yeah, the yes. George Raft? But, I mean, the George Raft who was in like some like it hot. He was in They Drive by Night, the original well, Scarface. You I mean, have better it, memory than me. So. Yeah, I it's <laughs> actually it actually is him. Okay, cool. He's playing a he's playing a character called Charles Benagio. Mm. What a name! What a name! Better than George Raft. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a classic actor who was in like everything okay. back in back in the golden days of Hollywood. Um, and Gene Gabin, he his name sounds familiar to me. Oh, you know why? He was in The Grand Illusion. He was in Port of Shadows. That Bam. makes a lot of sense. Damn, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, um, but yeah, this movie looks like kind of a neo-noir. You know, it is 1966. It has to deal with, um, you know, he's a he's an old, he's a gr- the character of Gene Gabin is described as a grizzled, is a grizzled gold smuggler, which mm. is really a lot of <laughs> a lot of alliteration there. Um, and he's at war with other local gangsters who want a piece of the action. So well, we're shit. talking all kind of like underworld type stuff. All right. I'm, di- so, I'm, so, di- I'm so digging maybe, it, like mafia type type stuff. Maybe uh, John Wick uh, mixed with Taken. <laughs> Perhaps I don't, I don't know. know. I'm just making up shit. Uh, but I want to see it. I'm very curious about it. All right. Um, but next up on the docket is a actually it's a it's a future announcement, a real future announcement because it's pretty vague, and apparently they're going to be putting out two, um, three movie collections from the classic. Um, comedic actor W.C. Fields and one is going to come out this fall just as coming this fall it doesn't say when and there's another one coming in 2022 so I guess they're going to be releasing movies next year well, good to know huh. good to know I didn't think that was going to change yeah, I, I, <laughs> well you never know I never uh, had any doubt yeah companies go under all the time I guess um, but the first collection is going to be uh, three movies The Old Fashioned Way from 1934 it's a gift from 1934, and the Bank Dick from 1940, mm. which I think is probably his most popular movie. And for those of you who don't know who W. C. Fields is, you may or may not have heard the name. Um, he's like a classic comedic actor from the 20s and 30s, and slow, and a little bit into the 40s. He passed away in 1946. Um, yeah, at he, the age he was of, he was there all through that silent age. Yeah. yeah, he started really yeah early on. Like I think his first movie may have been like nineteen fifteen. Yeah, um, he W. C. Fields. He started in vaudeville. He did. He he started as a juggler, like as a kid, basically hmm. doing like like juggling. Apparently, he was really a fa- like a super famous juggler, and he likes you to know, juggle. vaudeville stuff. <laughs> and uh, and then he moved on to you know Broadway, then moved into move, movies with the silent era in the in the teens and the twenties, and then the talkies in the thirties and into the forties. Um, but yeah, he's super super well known for a lot of old classic fans. There's been DVD collections for years, okay, with his movies in them. I've I saw them at stores, you know, for years now. But I'm glad that his stuff is getting um, some some HD Blu-ray releases. Because they, these movies are significantly older, and they probably could use restorations. Um, but yeah, these, yeah, but, I'm excited because yeah. I, I, I'm not really much. Uh, I've heard the name, but I had hadn't seen anything from them. So yeah, and, and I've watched a couple of. I've seen a couple of shorts. I've seen the bank dick, 
And it's an acquired type of comedy. It's not like a laugh. I don't think it's quite a laugh out loud uh, stuff. Maybe like like a Charlie, like a Charlie Chaplin, or like the Marx Brothers, or Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Um, it's really different, but I think it's enjoyable. Okay. I think it's enjoyable depending on your your comedy tastes. But the second set, which is coming out in 2022, is "You're Telling Me" from 1934, "Man on the Flying Trapeze" from 1935, "You Can't Cheat an Honest Man" from 1939. And what is interesting is when I was doing my research, um, he mostly made pictures at Paramount and then he, towards the end of his career, he made, he, he moved over to Universal because apparently he was really, really, uh, well known to be a raging alcoholic. (laughs) All right. Uh, Apparently that was like part of his, not only like persona on screen, but also like his persona in real life was that he consumed lots and lots of alcohol, which, you know, I think eventually led to his, a lot of medical problems yeah. and illnesses and led to his, and like his career, like dipping and then, you know, going up and down and then obviously his death eventually. But yeah, so there's a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of stuff to go through when it comes to W.C. Field. He had a long career. Uh, born in 1880, died in 1946. Yeah, so basically he he died doing what he loved, I guess. Yeah, he was still doing stuff, and yeah. he would also do, like, uh, radio plays and, like, yeah. radio-type type stuff. Uh, that, that was what he was known for as well, because he had a very distinct voice. And for those of you who've seen his work, you know what I'm talking about. A very droll-type, like, like, Droll-type voice. It, it's unique. It's unique. I don't even want to imitate it. Oh, come so on, unique. Andrew. Uh, I watched it last night. It's like... Oh, it's like it's like half laid back, half pompous. Well, ah, you stuff. stupid mother... I, no, it's like, ah, oh, uh, Steve, it's like, hey. Steve, you're looking good today. Hmm? You know what I mean? Oh, like, it's okay. like an old-fashioned type of thing. I don't know. Like, it's almost like uh, Edward G. Robinson, like Little Caesar, but... Yeah. Well, but not quite as hammy. Okay. It's more realistic. Okay. Um, but moving on, because we could talk about <laughs> Done with Fields impression forever. hour. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, moving on to something that I've actually seen, and this is the movie called uh, City of Violence or Sita Violenta. Um, and the movie stars Charles Bronson, oh, Telly yeah. Savalas, and Jill, Jill Ireland. They've been putting out a lot of Charles Bronson lately. A lot of Bronson. And, and, and you know, this is you're happy because you know you can add this to the collection. I do, yeah. What's crazy is I have a serious lack of Charles Bronson in my collection, even though I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. So and, and you know what? They're, they're giving it a 4K restoration. So. Yes. So there's there's plenty out there if you want it. Um, this movie is interesting. So basically, Charles Bronson is an assassin or a hitman, and he gets screwed over. Uh, uh, by by actually his girlfriend in the film, and basically it's him getting revenge on all the people he screwed over. So he, I mean, how many times have we seen that? Revenge movies. Yeah, how many times have we seen that? And and Telly Savalas is he's not quite involved, but he plays like a big heavy bad guy in the movie. I I just love Telly Savalas, um, and it, it's it's good, but it's an this movie was made, I believe, in Italy. Okay. Because I, I don't. When I was watching this movie, it has the oddest and most w- unique audio composition I've ever seen. Okay. In the sen- in this sense that it's 
it's partly in English and partly in Italian. And what I mean by partly in Italian, I mean like sometimes in mid-conversation, in mid-sentence, the audio will switch from someone speaking in English to someone speaking in Italian. And it's like the overdubbed Italian because like Charles Bronson doesn't speak Italian. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's somebody dubbing Italian over him. And there's like stretches of the movie where like they'll just go speaking Italian from like scene to scene and then switch back to English. The same characters talking to each other in English and then talking to each other in Italian. It was odd. I I had to check my audio on. I'm like, is, is this supposed is, uh, to be? Is it switching between <laughs> different did I, audio did tracks? Did I switch something? Yeah. Did I press a button? Because I rented <laughs> it from Amazon Prime. Yeah. So I was like, is there another audio? No, it's, English was the only audio option. I wonder. But, I wonder if they'll address that in the... Uh... I have no idea. There's no there's no details when it comes to special features yet. It just there's no um, release date. Just says coming soon. I, brand new 4K I am restoration. I'm saying that uh, Ennio Marconi did the score for this. Oh, that's nice. pretty cool. Yeah, it's also co-written by Lena Vertmuller, which is really interesting. Um, and yeah, it's I I dug it. It's cool. It's it, but it's an odd movie. Okay. Um, and it, it's a little long too. The movie's like an hour and 50 minutes, and it kind of felt it. Okay. Um, but moving on from Charles Bronson to another film here. This movie's from 1965. It's called Masquerade, and it has a brand new 2K master, new audio commentary by film historian Howard S. Berger and Chris Pagioli. Pagioli. Oh, I wonder if I pronounced that yeah, right. That oh, sounds no. pretty damn good. Uh, theatrical <laughs> trailer, and then optional English subtitles. Um, yeah. This is done by Basil Dearden. Okay. And Criterion fans are probably going to know who Basil Dearden is because I'm pretty sure there's an Eclipse set in in the Criterion collection about Basil Dearden because okay. I think I've seen a couple of the movies in there. But I'm just going to, yeah, I just want to check on that. Yeah, Eclipse set number 25, Basil Dearden's London Underground of the movie Sapphire, The League of Gentlemen, Victim, and then All Night Long. Okay. Um... So that's interesting. And you get a um, lot. You, now you've probably seen a lot of these movies through the Criterion Channel, right? Probably yes, yeah. or even when they were on Filmstruck. Okay. Um, I'm not quite sure if these are actually available on on the Criterion Channel or not. Yeah, well, uh, I'm pretty sure they all are. Now that I'm looking, uh, just, at it. <laughs> you know, I mean, people will have to go look. But I'm trying to see if any <laughs> other Basil Dearden. Nope, it, it, it's just that Eclipse set. There's okay. no other movies in the in the Criterion collection. Um. But this is actually something I wanted to watch for for the show, and I just couldn't find it anywhere to even stream. Yeah. Um, because because I wanted to see it. It looks it looks and sounds very interesting. Cool. Okay, moving on from Basil Dearden, we're moving on to a much larger release here, and this is a movie called Arabesque. At least I, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, and this is also a movie from 1966. This is coming out September 14th, and I really want this movie. Now, this movie is directed by Stanley Donnan. Yeah. Uh, starring Gregory Peck and Sophia Loren. Uh, this movie is pretty. It's a pretty great kind of 60s spy thriller, like international it, spy it, thriller. It seems kind of like it might have a little bit of that, like uh, to catch a thief type of feel to it. It's like yeah, it feels. I would even compare it more to Charade. I well, yeah, I mean, it's directed by night. Stanley, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they're both directed by Stanley Donnan. Yeah, yeah, both he, in the he, 60s. he did Singing in the Rain also, if you didn't, yeah. And they're both starring, like, 
Yeah, both Charade and this movie star like iconic yeah, actors Gary, and actresses. Yeah, Cary Grant and then, you know. Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. This yeah. movie is Gregory Peck and Sophia Loren. And this movie is getting a new audio commentary by film historians Howard S. Berger, Steve Mitchell, and Nathaniel Thompson. Music by Mancini, because this has the, the, the scores done by Henry Mancini. And this is an archival featurette with Henry Mancini and nationally syndicated columnist Leonard Feather. Theatrical trailer restored in 2K at 235 to 1. Theatrical teaser restored in 2K at 185 to 1. Television trailer restored in 2K. Five TV spots all restored in 2K. I've never seen anyone like do that before. Restore the trailers. Um, but then there's a poster gallery, reversible art, and limited edition um, uh, slipcover. Which they do say twenty five hundred cov twenty five hundred. Oh, that's so nice. That's nice of them to give you a, give us a number. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So who the heck knows? But yeah, this is a nice like kind of thriller mystery, like international caper, James Bond esque type. Not quite, because Gregory Peck is like, I think he's a professor, and he's a professor of like languages or like archaeology or or something like that and he has to like decipher some hieroglyphics and Sophia Loren is like the girlfriend or wife of this bad guy so she's playing like two sides to the one so you don't know if she's good or if she's bad yeah. she's gorgeously stunning throughout the movie she's given the most like luxurious and extravagant um, costumes to wear throughout the entire movie. Like, every single scene, she's wearing a new, just fantastic outfit. It's really, really entertaining. And the movie, the movie's not bad. It's an okay script. But yeah. um, I had always heard of this movie, but I had never watched it until now. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it. it could be fun. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, if it's like, if it, you're saying it's like charade, then maybe it's worth checking out. So, Right. I'll so, Nick, next on the docket... Is a movie. Uh, I think it's a. Yeah, I think it's a French film. It's called The French Conspiracy, also known as. Wait a second. What's I that? mean, there's the French Connection, and it's not a French film. That's, I guess that's true. But the only reason why I say it may <laughs> be a French film yeah. is because the alternate title is La Tentat, yeah, which is in French, uh, slash the assassin. Slash plot. Yeah. This movie has like four titles to it. <laughs> it's kind of okay. you know, it's kind of like the Edge of Tomorrow of uh, its time. Oh, live die repeat. Yeah. Ah, oh, what a terrible title. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so this movie came out in 1972. This is getting a brand new 4K restoration from the original camera negative. It includes both the original 123 minute French and the 93 minute English dub cuts. Wow, that's significant. Yeah, wow. Cut. That's like. That was that like a half hour? That's Damn. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's um, that's yeah, yeah, roughly, yeah. Actually exactly a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, I know nothing about this movie. Nothing at all. No, nope. I but do they not must either. it must be significant significant enough for it to get a four K restoration. And this is a code red and Kino Lorber team up release. Yes, they've been doing a lot of them. They have. They have. Um so I guess we'll just move on to the next one. Okay. Which, uh, interesting. There we go. This is a movie called Skullduggery. Came out in 1970. This is, and this stars, uh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Gotta be an early film from Burt Reynolds, yeah. Um, and this, uh, This looks interesting. It looks weird, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, I know it's like people, go, like, discovering, like, 
like I guess a, a another f- like form of early man, like an early form of man, kind of like finding Bigfoot, basically. Yeah, apparently he goes. Yeah, apparently he goes to like some. It's like some New, it's in New jungle Guinea. in Papua New Guinea. Yeah, and apparently he finds the missing link, and I guess the, uh, the evolutionary chain. He finds the missing link, or supposedly the missing link, and yeah, it looks weird. I'm it hearing. I'm hearing it's a little more uh, thoughtful than than maybe people. What we're giving expect a credit for? from this movie just by looking at the cover. Um, Got it. It's it, it is like an action, somewhat of an action adventure, but they said it's a little bit more thoughtful than you'd think, and don't go in expecting it to be action packed. So. I don't. Yeah, I don't really like the the uh, the title. I don't know. I'm not yeah, a fan of that yeah. title. It makes it sound Seems like a B sleazy. movie. It, yeah, it sounds like a B movie. Yeah. Like like Trog with Joan Crawford. It sounds it's like yeah. which came out around the same time, I think. Um, but this is getting a brand new two K master, a new audio commentary by film historians Howard S. Burgers, C. Courtney Joyner, and Sergio Mims, theatrical trailer, optional English subtitles, and yeah, that's it. Coming out September twenty first. Uh yeah, I don't I don't know. If I'll be buying that one. <laughs> I've got other Burt Reynolds stuff I still want to get from Kino, uh, like, and just from other from other companies. Like I still need to get White Lightning. Yeah. Still want to get Gator, Hooper. You're gonna get that. A lot uh, of his other '70s work. You're gonna basically. get the. You're gonna get the 4K of Smokey and the Bandit. I really want it to be honest with you. I think that movie is hilarious, unabashedly. It's it's almost like I don't know if I'm looking at it through a proper uh, through a like. A modern day lens and kind of viewing it almost as if it's a spoof movie yeah because it's just so wildly over the top um but i've always really loved that movie i think it's hilarious I, you know I, I think i like burt reynolds more as a personality than his acting personally i mean okay i, I think about his the snl skits you know the jeopardy stuff and the <laughs> where they're making fun of burt reynolds and that means they like always chewing gum oh yeah. yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah I just I I like his on-screen presence. He had this like, really coolness about him, especially in the Smoke and the Bandit movies, yeah. uh, where he was, you know, super super cool with the fast car and just he's definitely got presence. He's the rebel, had, yeah, definitely got presence. I you know I never but I'd never really gotten into Burt Reynolds. So it's yeah it's a, he's a different like acquired taste because like yeah, like I said it's it's not about he almost has that Steve McQueen factor to him. Yeah, I was going to say Steve coolness. McQueen or um, what's his name, uh, Mustache, that almost played uh, almost played. Tom, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, like a Tom Selleck, like they're more they're like very masculine men that play to the women, like they mm, you know like they probably so. the women audiences were like oh yeah big for them you know yeah Burt Reynolds had that yeah Burt Reynolds had that famous well that Playgirl cover mm-hmm. with yeah. that Playgirl spread. Um, yeah, I was really, I was really sad to see him pass away a few yeah. years ago. I actually saw his little, the last movie that he was in. Yeah, um, you know, I never got a chance to see that. It was like a super low budget. It was the movie was so meta because the movie was literally about like a like a like about people idolizing. Uh, you know, an actor he was like an actor that faded. was supposed to be going to get like a lifetime achievement award or something, right? Yeah, and like the lifetime yeah. achievement award banquet was in like. Which was in like a bar or some type of yeah. like club where just like a bunch of like diehard fans were hanging out. You know what I mean? It wasn't like like a banquet hall in like 
New York or anything. Yeah. And it was just really, really... Um, I guess him dealing with his fame or whatever fame he had, like... Looking yeah, I, it. it wasn't quite his last movie, now that I'm looking at it, but yeah, it's called The Last Movie Star. Okay. Um, and it was a movie directed by Adam Rifkin, and I thought it was really, really well done meta. They would use, like, like archive footage of the real Burt Reynolds to, yeah. like, to, you know, prop up the fictionalized version in this movie. Um, really good contemplative film. But moving on from from that, we have a movie called Macho Callahan. <laughs> And this is, it looks like a Western from 1970. Yeah. And this is getting a brand new 4K restoration from the original camera negative. New audio commentary by filmmaker Alex Cox. Very, very cool. He seems to show up everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, he seems to show up in extra features. Yeah, features for a lot of different companies, yeah. And not, like, like, can you you just, like, make movies again? Yeah, is he going to make a movie again? I mean, I I guess he can do what he wants. (laughs) That's true. And then there's a theatrical trailer, optional English subtitles... And this is another movie yet that I had no idea about, and even tried to look this movie up to watch it for the show was near damn impossible. Yeah, because it was just not available anywhere, and which is a shame because I'm noticing that a lot more when we're doing these these um these these releases is that a lot of these movies aren't aren't available to stream. Yeah, and that's I'm, I'm not getting into the whole streaming versus physical media war. I'm just saying like. There's this a is, limit. This is why it's important. <laughs> yeah. 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 But 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 there is there is something to say about, you know, people are spending their hard earned money and it'd be nice to be able to watch the movie before deciding to buy it. Um That's true. You know, I mean, and I, I'm doing we do it because we want to talk about these movies here for the show. Sure. But a lot of these we're gonna end up buying ourselves. Or at least at least give people options to rent something. Um, you know, but um Yeah, I mean yeah, this, this are, does have Jay yeah. Lee Co- uh, Lee J. Cobb in, I mean, um so that's, uh, yes. He's always yes, it does. He's probably got See, some that, good yelling scenes in, in the Oh, movie. he never met a, he's never what have I what do I say? He's never met a role he's never wanted to yell in. Yeah. Or he's never yelled in. He's gotta be. I love what, that man. What if what if this ends up being the one he's like the most quiet in ever? Super everybody? quiet in it. Yeah. I, I maybe it's worth watching just for that. I don't know. He's called uh, the way they describe his character is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, apparently, um yeah, Macho Callahan is trying to kill Lee J. Cobb. And Lee J. Cobb is called the Man in the Yellow Boots. What a name. Okay. That's an interesting choice of color for your boots. I also like how they they credit him, like, when they give the credits here, they just have 12 Angry Men. Yeah. As if he wasn't in, like, like a bajillion other movies. Like he did do, like, tons movies. of other movies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as if he wasn't in On the Waterfront. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Moving on. Yes. To... To go, now we're going way back in time. We're getting out of the 60s. We're getting out of the 70s. We're going back Doc, to 1934. we got to go back in time. we got to go back. Even further. Uh, and this is a movie called Now and Forever, starring Gary Cooper, Carol Lombard, uh, Shirley and Shirley Temple, uh, directed by Henry Hathaway. Ah, yes. Um, who did a Wow, they really give a lot of, uh, true, a lot of movies here. None yeah, of them I've seen. Yeah. Yes, he did, um, and he did a, like a lot of like westerns, right when westerns were starting to die out. Actually, yeah. <laughs> he did a lot he, of those. Did he, did he do a few with John Wayne? Was it? Yeah, yeah, towards yeah towards the end of John Wayne's career. Yeah, um, yeah, like he did. Like we said, True Grit. He had a, he did part of the West. Uh, the West was one. Yeah, he was one of the directors in there. He also did the Sons of Eddie, uh, Sons of Katie Elder, which I think just got a Blu-ray release from somebody somewhere. Okay, I think it may have been Paramount straight up because they're kind of randomly releasing their back catalog title but anywho 
So this is an earlier release from Henry Hathaway, whose career expanded literally from the 1930s all the way to the 1970s. That's a hell of a career. And this movie, there's not much when it comes to details on it. It just says brand new 2K Master and just says coming soon. Doesn't even say when. Um, I'm I'm down. You know me when it comes to 1930s movies. I mean, I mean, like, uh, you know, Carol Lombard. I mean, she's been getting a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of her films. I mean, I think last episode or maybe the episode before we had like three Carol Lombard movies or something like that. We've been getting a lot of her lately. Um, yeah, we've got those two those two box sets from Kino, huh, yeah. coincidentally. Yeah. Uh, Carol Lombard Collection 1 and 2. And now we're getting this one here. So a lot of Carol Lombard love, uh, which is great. You yeah. know, she had a very limited... We talked about it a little bit before. She had a limited career because, you know, she sadly passed away in, I believe, a, a plane crash. So, you know, there is a finite amount of her movies that can be released. I'm um, just... Yeah... No, she actually had quite a few. She had 78 credits on IMDb, so that's quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite a lot. Because she did start in the early 20s all the way up until her death in 1942, I believe. Um, yeah, I'm down. The okay. Gary, I, I know Gary Cooper sold on Carol Lombard. Also, I, I don't really have a lot of Shirley Temple in my collection, at least not early Shirley Temple. I have a few of her later roles that she did when she was a teenager before she like quit acting. So this would be kind of cool. I don't know. The poster, cool the poster's head. freaking me out. It's like just some floating heads. <laughs> it know. is floating heads. <laughs> it's floating heads. And it, I do like the color scheme, though. Uh, that kind of off, what's that, like like, like, like a tan and a brown. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say off yellow and brown. Like a lot of yellows, browns, and reds here. Almost like a two, like a two-strip Technicolor, which I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's black or white either. I think it's black and white. Make. I would assume that in 1934, sense. it's probably black and yep. white. But moving on to the most recent update, as of eight hours ago, yeah. as of this recording, this is a double feature that they're doing, which is kind of cool, because I don't know if they've done a lot of Blu-ray double features, Kino uh, has. I, not, 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 it's not a regular thing. Um, no. This is a, yeah, a, this is a Kino Lorber Studio Classic double feature starring Sammy Davis Jr. and Peter Lawford. First up is a movie from 1968 called Salt and Pepper, directed by Richard Donner, of all people. And we all know who Richard Donner is. Directed Superman, Superman, The Old Man, Lethal Weapon. Tons of stuff. Um, And then then the second movie is from 1970 called One More Time, directed by Jerry Jerry Lewis. Lewis. And people can have, people can say what they want to say about that. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, this is a double feature, no details on it whatsoever, no. No street date, no extra features, no nothing. All we get is kind of basic cover art of just kind of a split screen. What one movie poster on the left, one movie poster on the right, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of these movies. Uh, I mean, Neither Sammy I. Davis Jr. is a character. He's kind of somebody that's kind of fun to watch. I think always, but um. Yeah, I know who. Yeah, I know who these people are. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it I just not see these but movies. I do like Richard Donner so I mean you know might 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 need to check out that first movie just to see how it is so that's it for Kino yep 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 so we will move on to Shout Factory now it's a very limited limited Shout Factory release couple of just a yeah these just, these Shout Shout Factory releases just only a couple a few, of Shout yeah. Selects yeah couple of shout selects and the shout select line has 
Uh, there's been a lot of releases in it. I think they're well over like 100 releases, aren't they? Yeah, it's got to be by now. Yeah, it's been a lot. I just picked up one the other day. I finally I finally upgraded my copy of my DVD copy of Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, which I've had for like a decade yeah. to finally like to to their release. So that's really cool. Um so we're going to be talking about a collection here of three movies, a three movie collection, part of a series. It's Oh God, Oh, oh God, the Book oh God. 2. Yeah, the Oh God, and then, yeah. <laughs> oh God, You Devil. It's called the Oh God Collection. Yes. I don't know if you could put that together. Oh God. Oh God. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've seen this first movie. I've seen the first Oh God. Um, basically, if you've seen the movie Bruce Almighty, it's kind of like that. Um, cool. Where uh, in the first movie, it's John Denver. John Denver plays this uh, kind of grocery store manager. And he's base he's he's visited by God, uh, and then you know he has to prove that he's God, you know, because he doesn't believe in God, and then he once he kind of convinces him, and then he wants him to kind of spread his uh, word, um, you know, and get people to convince people that God exists, and um, it's a fun movie. I I really liked the first movie. Um, I'm not much familiar with John Denver as a uh, an actor, but he plays kind of like a kind of straight man in this movie, like a straightforward kind of dude. He has a little bit of uh, character with him and his wife. Um, they they kind of have some, you know, back and forth, uh, you know, sexual ke- chemistry going on in the movie. But, like, other than that, he's kind of a plain dude. Um, but it's directed by Carl Reiner, um, which you might know from, you know, he's he's acting a lot of stuff too. But, oh, um, yeah, Carl, Carl Reiner was just one of the best people. Yeah. Um, obviously the father of... Rob Reiner, yeah. also actor, director, writer, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he re- Carl, Carl Reiner recently passed away. He was best friends with Mel Brooks. Um, I followed Carl Reiner on Twitter for years, probably since when I first signed up on Twitter. I followed Carl, Carl Reiner. Um, seemed like a ma- like a really nice, super awesome guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I want to get more of his stuff in my collection. I know as soon as when he, I hate doing that, Stephen, when someone passes away. I all of a sudden realize, hey, I don't have their work. I got to get their work. And it's like, why didn't I buy it before? What an ass. Yeah. You know? Well, now it yeah, happens to me. Because all the time. now your reason is, is like, well, everybody's going to buy all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's usually a mad rush. It, it's, it it's, happened. It happened to me yeah. with like uh, when um, Debbie Reynolds died. Um, mm. I went yeah. and bought um, Singing in the Rain, that, that big collection uh, they have of Singing in the Rain. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, it went because it went quick. Um, yeah, a lot of her stuff hasn't even hit Blu-ray yet. Yeah. I'm hoping we get more of her stuff. It happened to me when Robin Williams passed away. Oh yeah, people went bananas and bought everything that that was his. Um, I remember I had I remember I knew I had a local Fye and I knew they had some Robin Williams stuff that no one had ever bought. Yeah, so I went there and I grabbed like Dead Poet Society and like Good Morning Vietnam. And stuff like that, and I even bought like a copy of Jumanji because I just didn't have it. And now, now you can. Now they're all. Yeah, now you can find them anyway. Now. now, now you now. can go get. The At the movie time, Jack. they sold out. You, now you can quick. go get the movie Jack. If you want it, yeah. If you want, it. I think Brian I might have saw. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw that or, movie. I'm sorry, in the Francis Ford Coppola did uh, Jack right. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jack. Uh, That's a. I, you know, uh, I watched that movie as a kid and liked it. So. So did I. Patch pretty, Adams. I Patch stuff. Adams too. I either saw Jack, I either saw Jack in the theater, or I saw it uh, renting it from like Blockbuster or somewhere. 
I had that shit um, on VHS. I think Patch Adams the same way. Yeah, had that shit on VHS too. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. But getting back to Oh God. Yes. There, uh, there are some special features to go with these. The first film, which is di- the each, which is really nice. Each movie's on its own disc. That's kind of important. Um, disc one it has an audio commentary by director Carl Reiner, screenwriter Larry uh, Gelbart, actress Terry Gar, and producer Jerry Weintraub. A new audio commentary by film critic and theologian Dr. Donna Bowman. Uh, John Denver guest hosts the Johnny Carson Show, featuring interviews with Carl Reiner, ah. George Burns, and Terry Gar, uh, and a theatrical trailer. And then disc number two is Oh God, which which is Oh God, book two. Uh, came out in one first movie came out in 77, 1977, second in 1980. And, and, and apparently, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, yeah, apparently well, the second movie is kind of like the first movie, but it's just a different character. Um, oh, I think kind it's like, of a, like a, a female character that he goes, that he he finds and tries to talk to. And then the third movie is where he, the, the guy that plays the, uh, guide character also plays the devil character in that movie oh so. a lot of a lot of nuances I think it's here. george it's, burns is his name okay yeah george okay. burns yeah so it's kind of remember uh remember bruce almighty got a sequel evan almighty yeah where God. it was it was steve carell's character from the first movie yeah. becoming like noah yeah, yeah. <laughs> from yeah. noah's ark oh man. man 2000s were a hell of a time yep <laughs> But move But uh, yeah, there's a new audio commentary on on disc two with Oh God Book Two um, by film critic and theologian Dr. Donna Bowman, and then a new interview with assistant director Tom LaFaro and theatrical trailer and the disc three Oh God You Devil. Uh, it almost seems like a like a a joke, like sarcastic, like Oh God You Devil. Yeah, <laughs> things like that. New audio commentary by film critic and theologian Dr. Donna Bowman. New interview with actor Ted Wass and the Jack Benny program episode dated October 7, 1956 with guest starring George Burns as the devil. Oh, that might be that's fun. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. You don't really see a lot of episodes of the Jack Benny program being extra features on things. Uh, but we do get a, a cool cover here. Uh, I'm assuming original art. And I'm assuming there's going to be reversible cover art because... I think all of or most of the Shout Select fee, select releases have reversible cover art, at least some of the ones I have. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know what number Shout Select is up to at this point, like I said earlier. But that's that's that. And the next one is a movie that I actually thought I talked about. Maybe I talked about... I, I, I'm not sure. I don't but remember. Might as well bring it up. Might as well bring it up. Hey, hey now, uh, it's a movie called Havoc. And it stars uh, Anne Hathaway, Bijou Phillips, and I remember buying this DVD when one of my local like, used DVD shops was going out of business, just because I wanted the movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. It. I mean, this was this was early Anne Hathaway, and I don't know how you feel about Anne Hathaway, Stephen. Apparently, people don't like her for some reason or another. I don't, I don't know, know if it's is that you know because she's a you know beautiful woman and people get upset that beautiful people i've heard she might be difficult to work with possibly okay um but i've always liked hey, her i don't as know her actress. personally i've always liked yeah her as i've an always actress, liked yeah. her as an actress yeah um but yeah the, basically this movie is it's another one where it's i don't know what it is steve it's about you know young people getting into trouble trying to fit you know you know like trying to figure out the world and the world being super harsh to them yeah um because i i believe the the, ty- um, the way the film goes is that um, 
Anne Hathaway's character, Bijou Phillips' character, um, they're basically like it says here that they're they're the they leave their afflu affluent suburb for a joyride. They glimpse a frightening landscape of drugs, violence, and brutality, and so basically, like kind of people being a fish out of water, going from like comfy life to the realities and the harshness of the world, which is kind of cool things to me. Kind, kind, I know, mean, yeah, it's kind of kind of like that movie Swim Fan. Ooh, wow, that's remember that. That's a, that's that's a, a deep, reference. That's a reference, right? <laughs> oh, damn, that's a deep cut. It's not quite like that. Well, Swim Fan is basically the teenage version of um, what's that movie starring Michael Douglas and um, Fatal Attraction? Fatal Attraction. Yeah. That's Swim Fan. I always get. I tell you, I bring this up all the time. I always get Swim Fan. I I always get Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct yeah, confused. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens to me happens. all the time. But this Close. movie I remember seeing when I was much younger. It's a very graphic movie when it comes to uh, sex and things like that, and it it, was, it really struck a young a young Andrew very harshly. Or maybe, or maybe, um, or, or what about like a Cruel Intentions or like a Ooh, or okay. It, would it be more like that? Yeah, like think of that, but a more harder R version. Okay. Right. Because there is nudity, there is well, there was nudity in Cruel Intentions, but this is like like uncomfortable sex scenes in sexual situations okay. that aren't erotic. They're not, you know, you know, tintillating in any way. They're more like this is kind of messed up, like this okay. is real effed up, um, stuff like that. Um, so that's havoc. And I'm kind of surprised it's getting a Blu-ray release from from Shout Select, actually. Well, you know, Shout what? Factory. They, they put out Little yeah. Big League, so. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, that's uh, more clearly. So there's no uh, you know, surprise anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no. I mean, clearly they're they're one and the same. Yeah, and and they're putting uh, out Hard Target, so. Of course. So they, I mean, they they've won in. Oh my no, book. that was Kino. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. You're you know you're right. Sorry. Yeah, that was Shout Kino. didn't put out that. Uh, they they had put a out chance. Little Big League, though. They had a chance. Moving on now to good old friends, our bread and butter. I mean, I don't the like butter. Collection. I like, how about jelly? Oh, I just think of like, I, I don't know why that, that's an idiom or like a, a saying. I guess like it's because everybody puts butter on their bread, but I mean, I don't. I guess so. But I mean, I. I, I do like a good jelly. I though, do like a right. good, you know what, I'll, I'll go with strawberry jelly. Oh, really? I like the classic grape. I like the classic grape jelly. I can't get it right. All right, well, Criterion. But anywho, back on to <laughs> Criterion. Our our good old friends are our favorites. And this is something we've talked about now twice. We talked about it here uh, when we did the Criterion announcements, uh, and we talked about it on Criterion Now when we were a guest on Aaron's podcast. And we're talking about it once again. And this is the Melvin Van Peebles box set. And this is coming out in September. This was, I guess, the last piece of that September release puzzle well, th I that mean, we no, I mean, thought was coming. The, no, that was August. Um, really? I don't think we've well, got. We haven't gotten the rest of September yet. But what is interesting is it says coming soon, available September twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. So. I so will I, this be? This is the only September release that's been announced. Oh, yet. okay. So so that August slate is just those movies. It's just them what, four, four yeah, movies. That we got yeah. Oh. So I guess this is not quite the missing piece, but a piece to another puzzle we haven't seen yet. Yes, yes. <laughs> so this is Melvin Van Peebles' four films. This is a four-film box set, but I think it has five discs. So I'm assuming that fifth disc is special features. Probably, yeah. Th that would be my guess here. And these are the first four 
feature films of Melvin Van Peebles' career. And the film and the films are The Story of a Three Day Pass, The Watermelon Man, or just Watermelon Man, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, and then Don't Play Us Cheap. And these movies range from 1967 to 1972 and then after that melvin van peebles didn't have a movie till the 80s so wow yeah there was a there's a a gap if you go to his imdb and melvin van peebles is a very interesting and important character i would say in uh film history specifically in that 70s like late 60s early 70s like um independent film underground type stuff because not only was he's import was he important when it came to uh being on the ground floor of black exploitation and just black cinema in general of that era but i think of just american independent cinema in general because these movies are these are independent these are these are real independent (laughs) and what is cool about them is specifically actually the ones i've seen i've seen three out of four of these films and they're all have political, thematic, cultural elements within them dealing with African-American treatment in society that still pertain to today. Like, they're still super relevant. This is, what, yeah. 50 years later? It's 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 kind of amazing. But, um, yeah, I, I can't wait for this set because these movies need need restorations and stuff. What do you think? What do you, uh, what do you, what do you think of the artwork? Um, It's a little plain. It's a little plain for me, too. Yeah. It's a little plain, and they're, I mean... They're not even using, I don't, yeah, especially that one for Don't Play Us Cheap. Like, that's that's not great. Um, the the one for the story of the three-day pass, I think, is basically this, the artwork I keep seeing. Watermelon Man. Um, you, know, you know, it reminds me of the Cassavetes set. You know what it is? If yeah. you watch these movies, it's very Cassavetes-esque. Is it? Okay. Yeah. These, when I mean these movies are low-budget, they're very much in that Cassavetti's vein of low budget, and the filmmaking in it, at least from what I've seen, is very guerrilla style. Yeah, I was very, gonna say documentary style, kind of like just yeah. Yeah, it's like, and they're all different. They're all incredibly different from the ones I've seen. Um, Story of a Three Day Pass feels like a French New Wave film. Okay. In every sense of the word, Watermelon Man is, I think, it was a studio picture, and it's like a satire comedy film that then turns into like a kind of a sad like cultural tale about racism and stuff like that and then sweet sweetback's badass song is like the ground floor of black exploitation where you get all of the elements that that'll be in movies like shaft and superfly and dolomite are all in there okay. that movie was made for 150 grand and it looks like it was made for 150 grand <laughs> it's so low budget and the movie's mostly just montages of things happening ah. and it's so dark and so gritty and it, it inspired yeah. rocky four i got you i guess i mean <laughs> god damn um speaking but, of, hey, the, i'm sorry speaking of rocky four director's cuts coming out this year i know when we get yeah when's that getting our nice <laughs> i want to see that uhd 4K, release yeah come on now come on stallone if you're listening give it to us <laughs> but i mean but sweet sweetback's badass song the editing in it is unlike anything i've ever seen it's so wild and okay. so crazy but yeah what's in melvin van peebles when it came to filmmaking he just he was just going for broke when it came to doing whatever the hell he wanted and it just it just showed in every scene and everything he did, um, and I and I tried to watch Don't Play Us Cheap, 
couldn't find it I was anywhere. Say, I, I looked for some of these and I could find the other three, but the last one could not find. Yeah, for those of you looking to see these movies before you plunk down your money on the set, the story of a three-day pass is streaming on uh, Canopy, which you can sign up for free if you have a library card. I don't know if many people have library cards yeah. anymore. Um, the same thing with Sweet 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 Sweetback's Badass Song. Um, but the thing with that is I noticed that it was in the wrong aspect ratio on there. So if you're okay. an aspect ratio nut like I am, that's going to bother you. It went from, it's like one eight five to one and they were project and they were showing it in like, like four by three, like, mm. like full frame. Squeezing, I'm like, this the, squeezing right. the image. This ain't right. Yeah. They were cutting off like, they were cutting off like half the, half the movie. Jeez. Um, and so, so that's, that's that. And yeah. And, and then Watermelon Man is streaming on. Uh, Amazon Prime as of right now. It was streaming on the Criterion channel last month, but I think it left there. Um, and so let's get to the special features because I can just go on about these movies forever because I just watched them. <laughs> but we are, but good news, Stephen, we are getting new digital 4K registrations of all four films approved by filmmaker Mario Van Peebles, mm. who is the son of Melvin Van Peebles. And as we talked about before, he has his own career of both acting and directing like his father. Uh, this has uncompressed Monroe soundtracks for the story of a three-day pass, Watermelon Man, and Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, and a 5.1 surround DTS master soundtrack for Don't Play As Cheap. Don't Play As Cheap has a musical element to it, that's why. Okay. Like, there's like a whole, like, like I think it's a musical, it's partly a musical, and there's a whole like album to it as well. Um, and I didn't say this, but for Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, I think Earth, Wind, and Fire did like the soundtrack for that movie. Okay, that makes sense. Which is, yeah. which is kind of cool. Um, and then we have a subtitle called Badass in <laughs> exclamation points. A 2003 a fictional uh, fictional feature film based on director Melvin Van Peebles' Diaries from the Making of Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, directed and starring his son Mario Van Peebles with commentary by father and son now that's been released i think individually by itself okay um because i remember this movie coming out or i've heard about this movie um coincidentally Mar a young mario van peebles is in sweet sweetback's badass song oh, okay. playing a young version of his father in that movie <laughs> and now he's playing another young version of his father in the Holy movie shit. version of the main game of that movie it's nuts <laughs> <laughs> basically if you like that movie what was that uh dolomite is my name yeah yeah uh, from uh, from I guess Eddie Murphy's few years ago now with Eddie yeah. Murphy talking about the making of Dolomite. It's kind of like that, but for sweet 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 sweetback's badass song. Um, and then next we have an audio commentary by Melvin Van Peebles from 1997 on sweet sweetback's badass song. Uh, three early short films directed by Melvin Van Peebles, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, Melvin Van Peebles actually started out uh, doing short films, and he tried to like get them turned into features from studios and no studio would give him would, would give him a job. So he actually he he and his family moved to Europe and that's when he made Story of a Three Day Pass and Hollywood like caught wind of it because it was doing so well at festivals, like winning awards and stuff. And they thought he was like a French auteur director. Hmm. It turns out no. He was an American Jeez. director who moved to Europe <laughs> to make movies because nobody would give him a job here. Um so where am I? Where am I now? Yes, how to eat your watermelon in white company and enjoy it—a 2005 documentary on Van Peebles' life and career. The story behind Badass: The, the Birth of Black Cinema, a 2004 featurette. Melvin Van Peebles: The Real Deal, a 2002 interview with director on the making of Sweet Sweetback's Badass song. 
episodes of Black Journal from 1968, 1971, and 1972 on the story of a three-day past, Sweet Sweetbacks, Badass Song, and Don't Play Us Cheap, interview from 1971 with Van Peebles on Detroit Tubers, French television interview from 68 with Van Peebles and actors Harry Beard and Nicole Berger on the set of the story of a three-day pass, uh, excerpts from a 2004 interview with Van Peebles for the Directors Guild of America, Visual History Program, introduction to all four films by Van Peebles, that's cool, trailers, new English subtitle translation for the story of a three-day pass, English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing, plus a 64-page book featuring writing on the films, including an introduction by film scholar Raquel J. Gates. Wow. And then a new cover illustration by Emery Douglas with design by Slang Incorporated. Yeah, this is going to be, if you want to know about Melvin Van Peebles yeah. and his work and his life and the significance of these movies, uh, this box set may be for you. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, this, this, like, this, as they say, this, this is film filmmaking in a, in a box. Yeah, this is fil- yeah, film school. You don't and have to go to film school. Go to Criterion. They'll yeah. teach you. <laughs> they'll, they'll teach you stuff. I think I learned more about watching Criterion movies than I ever learned in any any film class ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as you can see, a significant release from Criterion. Um, just in time for that November Criterion sale at Barnes & Noble. If you can hold out that long or if you want to pick it up when it comes out, I definitely highly recommend it. Um, I'm excited. You've made me excited for it, definitely. Yeah, I'm kind of super excited. And I've seen most of these movies. But I think you'll really dig the story of a three-day pass. It feels very much like um, uh, Before Sunrise. Okay. Very much. It's in that same exact vein. It's like Brief Encounter meets Before Sunrise. Really, really good film. Awesome. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's that's a hefty set. Definitely. So, now we're moving on. Two indicator indicator powerhouse, powerhouse films. Yes. Um, so usually, you know, usually we get them in the middle of the month, but they like, I guess, decided because they were only going to release one release uh, this month that they would go ahead and just drop it. And uh, so we got, uh, you know, we got a clue uh, a month ago, a little less than a month ago, that uh, clued us into a release for the movie uh, The Brothers Rico. And uh, now, you know, we uh, the, I guess the rumors that what we thought would happen is true is that 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 movie is a part of the next Columbia Film Noir set, which is the fourth one that they are releasing, and um, this uh, sets also includes uh, a walk a cro- walk a crooked mile, uh, walk east on Beacon, which so there's a lot of walking in this set. Um, you also have pushover, you have a bullet is waiting, which I like that title, uh, Chicago Syndicate. And the Brothers Rico. Um, you seen any of these movies? Have I seen any of these movies? <laughs> <laughs> I think I see. I've seen Walk a Crooked Mile. Okay. Oh no, I haven't seen. That's, I've seen Pushover. I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen Pushover. Yeah. Um, and I like how all of these movies are from 1950s, except for Walk a Crooked Mile. And yeah, and yeah, this is in the same vein as um, their three previous Columbia Noir sets in the terms of construction and probably layout when it comes to construction of their box set and design, which are amazing designs. I can't highly recommend these enough. Yeah, I mean, um, and I like the I like the, the artwork. I like the blue, the color they chose. Yeah, I like how each box set's a different color yeah. as well. Yeah, they pull out, I think they pull colors. out a color out of that, that indicator strip, and they're like, let's go with that color. 
I didn't notice that until now. You're more observant than I am. More observant than but I am. But it's, yeah, I mean, you know, I've seen, you know, I think we've both seen Pushover. Um, yes. And that, and that's a that's actually a pretty solid movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Fred McMurray in that film's uh, really good. Um, he plays a, a cop that uh, falls in love with, like, a, a bank robber, uh, you know, a very good-looking bank robber. And uh, they both kind of scheme to, you know, get away from the police. Um, it has a great ending, too. I love the ending. Um, what do you think of it? Yeah, I dig it, too. I mean, uh, it's Fred McMurray going back to his, I would say, film noir roots. Yeah. You know, with a la Double Indemnity, getting getting involved with the wrong type of person has its consequences, I guess. <laughs> Poor Fred McMurray. Uh, and, then, um, and then I saw Walk a Cook at Mile, which... Um, it's kind of, it's, I'd say it's more a little bit more of a, a, a you know, espionage movie than I'd say necessarily a film noir, okay. but, but it's, it's, it's okay. It's an okay movie. Um, it's got a cool kind of like team up factor to it where, um, an agent from, uh, you know, one of the, one of the FBI agents, uh, from America teams up with like a Scotland Yards, uh, you know, detective coming over and they both are looking for a particular person and it, it I mean, it's. It's got that Cold War, you know, thing going for it, and it it's a, it's just, it's it's okay, um, but I haven't seen any of these other ones. Um, I don't think I have either. As I'm looking them up frantically as you're talking, <laughs> because I don't think I've seen. Yeah, and I guess Brothers Rico is is a, probably a pretty solid one since that was what the clue was, um, and people knew that movie. People had figured out what that movie was by the clue, so um, that's probably a pretty solid one too. So, but. I'm excited once again. I mean, I haven't made my way through every set yet because, you know, they put them out like every month. It seems like I think they put out like almost all of the film noir sets all of this year, right? Didn't they? I want to say the first one came out last year. Okay. And then the rest have come out this year because I know they just put out uh, number three, what? Two months ago. It was either May or April. Yeah. I mean, these are coming out fast and furious now. Um, I'm not, yeah, compl- I'm not like, complaining though. Yeah, number one came out in November of last year. Number two came out in February of this year, and number three came out in May of this year. Yeah, and then this one's coming out in September of this year. Yeah. So, yeah, they they, they when they said they were putting on multiple ones, they weren't lying. <laughs> they were, keep keep them rolling. Yeah, keep them keep rolling. rolling um, on it. Do all the Columbia Noir Columbia Noir films yeah. if you can. Yeah, we'll do. We'll take it. Whatever uh, you got the rights to. Yeah, we'll buy them all. <laughs> At this point, but um, it looks like they they don't have a complete um special features. It says at the end more extras to be announced. But uh, with what we got here so far, um, we have a high definition remaster of all six films. We have original mono, uh, mono uh, soundtracks. We have audio commentary on Walk East on Beacon with in a lonely uh in a lonely street author Frank Krunick uh, from twenty twenty one. We have audio commentary on Pushover with film historian Alexander Heller and Nicholas and Josh. Uh, I'm sorry, Heller. His, that's his whole name. Alexander Heller Nicholas and Josh Nelson from 2021. We have audio commentary on Chicago Syndicate from film historian Toby Roan from 2021. We have audio commentary uh, on The Brothers Rico for, with professor and film scholar Jason A. Ney from 2021. We have Introduction to Brothers Rico by Martin Scorsese from 2010, so that's pretty cool. Um, we got uh, Glenn Kenny on Richard Quinn, 
uh, from 2021, the author and critic examines the eclectic uh, career of director of Pushover. We have uh, Josephine uh, Bod uh, Bodding on Gene Simmons 2021. The historian, film historian, discusses the early American career of British actor. Uh, we have G-Men Combat uh, Saboteurs from 1941 and G-Men of War from 1942. Uh, two March of Time documentary uh, documentaries produced by uh, Louis D. Rock uh, Rockmont, um, who I guess is uh, involved in Walk East on Beacon. Um, and it focuses on FBI's effort to apprehend spies and uh, fifth columnists. Um, that's interesting. Um, a little bit of context there, I guess, for when the movie came out. Um, then we got Routine Job, a story of Scotland Yard's um, 1946. Uh, it's a short film examining the day-to-day -day workings of Scotland Yard uh, detective, uh, much like the one in Walk a Crooked Mile. Another cool kind of context thing there. Um, got Policeman's Holiday, a 1949 short film in which an American detective comes to England to assist Scotland Yard echoing the and reversing the plot of Walk a Crooked Mile, which is, once again, these are some interesting uh, choices for uh, features. Um, then you also have six comedy shorts starring the Three Stooges, which they did this, I think, on, an, on the last film noir release. They had some Three Stooges uh, shorts, um, but uh, each lampooning the tropes and uh, themes of film noir, or I'm sorry, uh, of films in the set from uh, uh, Nurse to Worse from 1940, The Yokes on Me from 1944, Dunked in the Deep from 1949, uh, Blunder Boys from 1955, uh, uh, Comanche in uh, in the uh, Ocean from 1956, and Merry Mix Up from 1957. We have original theatrical trailers. We have image galleries, promotional and publicity materials, new and improved English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing, uh, limited edition 120-page book, which is huge, um, with new essays from Beth Ann Gallagher, uh, Bob uh, Herzenberg, Sophie Monks uh, Kaufman, Omar Ahmed, uh, Jen Jonahan, uh, and Monica Castillo. Uh, and we have world, these are all world premieres on Blu ray, and they are limited to 6,000. So that's a lot of special features. Uh, still, that's a lot of special features by themselves, and there's still more to be announced. So, I mean, what do you think about that? That sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's that's a hefty, hefty amount of special features. That 120-page book is that's kind of a lot. That's yeah. nuts. <laughs> uh, special shout-out to Jen Johans, who I've followed on Twitter for years. Okay. Um, at Film Int Intuition, she has her own podcast, Watch with Jen, oh, okay. which is really good, a film podcast. Um, and, yeah, I remember her tweeting out about this the other day when this got announced. Uh, that she's going to be on. It's kind of really cool that they're getting people from like the podcasting world to write things or or people who write who typically write pieces about film to contribute yeah. to stuff like this because usually we always see, you know, you know, not the same type of people. We see like scholars and film historians sure. people with PhDs and masters and all that <laughs> stuff, but it's like the film fans, man, they're 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 serious about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Like us, you know, 
we're really this is our lives. Well, this I mean, is we, we, lives. we're all learning you know? about this stuff the same way. It's just you know yeah. they did they paid for an education to do it, and these people just watched movies from home. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, like, and these people have just as much to contribute um, when it comes to the the narrative of film scholarship than anyone else. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a massive, massive set, and yeah, this. I can't wait to add. I can't wait to add number three and then <laughs> add number four. I gotta add number four before I. I gotta add number three before I add number four. Yeah. Because buying these back to back, uh, is pretty damn expensive. It is. It is. <laughs> so but one, you did. You did tell me you uh, splurged on your birthday. Yes, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. My birthday is coming up on June seventeenth. So now I now is the time of the year where I play catch up with all the stuff I've been wanting to get for like the last year, yeah, <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> since the last birthday ended. Yeah. Um. So I went and got Columbia Noir number one and two because I have a feeling those will be the first two that sell out if they do start selling out. But I did get it this week. So as of June 13th, um, the numbers were still in under 2000 when it came to the limited edition. Yeah. I don't know how they I don't know if they just pick off a random rack or if or if, or if they're in order at all. But, I mean, you would you would suspect you know, that some of them get shipped out to other dis- distributors and, you know. You know, yeah, like, like yeah, like I don't know if yeah, like I like I got Columbia Noir, you know, in its limited edition, you know, one thousand eight hundred thirty eight out of six thousand. Like, yeah. is there someone out there with like number five thousand five hundred and fifty? Even though like they've only sold a, a certain amount, who really knows? Yeah, yeah. Who really really knows? All I know is that they're still available. Buy them while you can. Uh, before they sell out and then go for hundreds of dollars on eBay yeah. because that's a pain in the butt to do. Because I know because I keep looking for some and those prices you, never move. Yeah, you don't they ever want to get into that, that situation where you're having to look through eBay. Um, I'm still looking for that Hammer vo- Volume 1 set. <laughs> I was in an auction the other day, Stephen, for a used one yeah. that was in pristine condition, ended up selling for $135. That's not which the worst is the cheapest, yeah. Which is the cheapest I've ever seen. Yeah. On average, brand new, Two fifty, like in the two hundred to two fifty range. I keep yeah. seeing them. That's 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 what happens. So get these limited editions while you can. Definitely. And you know we can't say we always say good things about indicators. So you know, great, great product, great product, great product. All right. Well, that's it for our release slate this week. Uh, but before we head out, um, I had a couple uh, films I was going to talk about real quick uh, to re- somewhat review, not not necessarily like in depth reviews because I haven't had a chance to go into the features yet um but maybe down the line maybe i mean like i've been talking with andrew about maybe doing some work on the youtube channel we have a youtube channel but haven't done much with it yet um so maybe uh i can contribute you know uh, andrew's got his own youtube channel as it is so he already does uh some videos on his channel so definitely go over there and check out what he's got going on but um, I'm thinking about contributing to the Chasing Labels channel and doing some – I did an unboxing for uh, the Christopher Lee set, which I will be going – I'll be reviewing when we have our guest on from Severin uh, in a couple episodes. Um, so I'm, I'm working on watching that, um, but I am I might throw some more Blu-ray reviews up there and, and do some stuff. You, you guys let us know what kind of videos maybe you would want us to do on that channel. Um but I have a couple releases that just came out that I figured I'd talk about real quick. I watched both of them, but like I said, I haven't, um, you know, went into special features, so I can't do a full review. But the first one I'll talk about here is uh, a film called Lake Mungo. Um, this came out from uh, Second Sight, and uh, if I'm remembering the director's name, it's I think it's 
Joel Anderson is her name. Uh, Joel Anderson, I think, is the director's name. Um, uh, but this is like a kind of faux documentary movie. Um, you know, where they're kind of doing a uh, reenactment of, you know, like if you like a unsolved mysteries type of thing, where you're you're getting documentary footage and then you're getting like kind of interview footage, and it's it's made up, but it feels just like it's real, and and it's based around this family who um, loses their daughter uh, in an accident, and it's about kind of uh, the aftermath of that where they're kind of having like supernatural experiences thinking that she's trying to like reach them uh, for some reason. And I don't want to give away anything cause there's, there's some twists and turns, but it's, it's, it's definitely uh, not what I was expecting. I thought it would be a little bit more um, there would be a little bit more of a found footage element to it, it but it is definitely more of like a documentary um, straightforward and, and, you know, and, but it's got some creepy images. I, I know some people have really said that this was like really scared them. Um, I don't know that I would go that far. Um, I, I, it, this is an Australian film, so it is, uh, you know, in English. And so, so I didn't, there was no like kind of language barrier problem for me. Um, it, it is got some creepy images, but I wouldn't necessarily say this scared me. Um, but it is a movie, uh, not only about the scares, but it's a movie about dealing with grief. Um, this family um, goes through different throughout the journey of figuring out what's going on um, the, through the twists and turns. You know, you figure out that maybe some of the things that they're seeing or hearing isn't really happening or is happening or isn't happening for the reasons they think. And it's how people deal with grief differently. And each person in the family kind of goes through something different. So I think that that's what maybe uh, I think is more to grab onto with this movie is how it it. it, it it looks at that subject matter um, more than just thinking that it's going to be scary. Um, but have you heard about this movie, Andrew? Like Mungo? I'm not at all. Not at all since uh, they announced it, and we talked about it briefly just because it was part of our announcement slate, and I was just like, the cover of the set looked amazing. Yeah, it's it's so great was, artwork, that, yeah. Yeah, it has great, great artwork, and I believe it's... Yeah, it, like you said, second sight. So, is it region B locked? Um, actually, this one's region free. Uh, oh, okay. I think it is. I don't. Well, maybe not region free, but it's definitely region A because I watched it uh, on my player upstairs. So. Oh, okay yeah. then. I'd answer that question. Yeah. And, yeah. So it, yeah, it does, it does say here that it's region free. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. I. How are the, what's these uh, special features looking like in terms of just 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 amount? Not necessarily well, details. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I can't find it. <laughs> I, I think it's behind oh. me. I don't want to leave my I, – I left the release over on another table, and if I, I'd had to get up to get it. Okay. okay unless don't you're do okay. That, I, I can get – you know what? Wait a second. Keep talking. Okay. So, yeah, Lake Mungo, if you see the cover art for this, it looks extremely cryptic and appealing and just um, kind of eerie, extremely eerie. You're talking about the artwork? It, yeah, talk about the artwork <laughs> where it's just like it's this I'm assuming woman standing in moonlight and there's just a reflection, shadowy reflection in a lake. Yeah. Which and just really cool. It reminds me a lot of a, of a David Lynch type type picture. But the movie, the way you describe it, sounds a lot more like Blair Witch. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely more in that in that style, but with more of a uh, like your watch, like I said, unsolved mysteries where you're getting interviews. And it's like the you know there's there's not necessary I mean there's a mystery but it's not the same t- 
type of way. It's not like somebody murdered somebody or anything like that. Um, but um, so you know, there's a, there's a lot of you know, Second Sight does a great job of getting a lot of new stuff. Um, um, it's got a decent amount of special features. It's got you know auto commentary with David uh, Rapsner. You know, it's I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it's got some com- commentaries, some interviews with the director, D- the DP. Um, and I, you know, I can't wait to watch it to get a little bit more context uh, for what the filmmaker was going for. So, um, but it's got a nice rigid, you know, slipcase like most, you know, I mean, basically all Second Sight stuff are all rigid slipcases. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a solid movie. I, I I thought it was, it's it's kind of almost somewhat of a one of a kind for me. Like I, I mean, there are definitely other movies that are that have that found footage element, but this is kind of kind of uh, and if, a little bit different than that, that I thought was why it stands out. And like I said, how it deals with looking into grief, I thought was kind of the highlight of the movie. So, um, but yeah, that's like Mungo. Cool, and, uh, cool. The other movie I want to talk about is uh, one I'm very excited about. Um, and I, and, I, and when, I, when, I, when I first saw the uh, trailer for this release from uh, Vinegar Syndrome, uh, I, I had to, I sent it right over to Andrew. I was like, Andrew, I'm getting this movie. Um, and I had never heard of it. I don't think he had a either. Um, but it's a movie from 1998 and it's called six string samurai. And this movie is one of the, the coolest movies I've seen. Um, and it's super indie. Um, and you can tell, you know, there are some of these low budget movies. You can tell they cut corners. They had to do what they had to do to, to, you know, uh, achieve what they were trying to shot shoot and, and, but it still works. This is it's a very creative movie. They get a lot out of what they have, and uh, it's shot in a very interesting way. It's actually with this new restoration, very very well shot. Uh, you know the colors pop, um, and it's very fun. Uh, a lot of fun characters. Very you know if you don't know anything about Six Stream Samurai, it's you have basically this post apocalyptic world that's set in the 1950s. Um, which, you know, most of the time, you know, for us, I guess nowadays, it's always in the future. You know, you always go into the future and that's when shit's gone down. Well, this is set in the 1950s and apparently a nuke went off. And at some point, I guess Elvis became like the king of, of Las Vegas or what they call lost Vegas now. And, um, so apparently at this time, Elvis has died finally. And so now people are trying to take his throne and so our main character um, comes in, and he's on his way to Las Vegas. He has a, a long journey, and it's kind of in this sense. This is where the samurai element comes in, kind of like a lone wolf and cub, where he saves this kid, and then the kid, you know, doesn't have anybody, so he kind of tags along. Uh, in that sense, it kind of feels like lone wolf and cub, where you know the main character's got to take care of his own son as he's going through these adventures of people trying to kill him. Um, and that's what happens in this movie. Everybody's trying to kill him because he's this like kind of, uh, uh, man with no name type of figure, uh, like Clint Eastwood. And he's known to be a badass. And so everybody wants to take him down and, uh, take his guitar, which is this, you know, like hollow, uh, body type, type of, you know, awesome guitar. And every, he's always talking about how the other, like other guys with their guitars are are shitty. And it's, 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 it's really funny, really fun. I don't want to give up, give away too much more, but it's well worth uh, the pickup, and um, the the packaging is 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 fantastic. The artwork is maybe some of the best artwork I've seen on a package ever, um, 
and it's got like kind of like a magnetic close on it so it stays secure and it's got like a slip cover on the 4k in the inside and it has uh, a nice booklet in there and it's it's an amazing uh release um so have you heard have you seen six string samurai Yet. I have not seen it. My order of Six String Samurai is still out there in the ether, ah, as man. several of my orders tend to end up being. Um, Steve and I both ordered from the same sale. It was the halfway to Black Friday sale well, from Vinegar Syndrome. No, I didn't. But Steven, I, 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 I didn't sell in the. I didn't buy in the sale. No, he did not buy in yeah, the sale. Yeah, but yeah. he pre-ordered. He pre-ordered because that's what Steven does because he's smart. <laughs> and then it didn't get released. Yeah. Uh, you know, hit the market, if you will, until that sale started, yeah. which was, what, like the last weekend in May, yeah. I think it was. Um, and I ordered mine, of course, uh, on the the Sunday, which was the day before the end of the sale, yeah. which is what I do. Wait till the last moment, pretty <laughs> much. Although the last day was technically that Monday, so I actually screwed up and thought that that Sunday was the last day. But then Monday, so you would have sun- waited till Monday. But I would have waited till Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but but anywho, so I wait till last, and then of course you know first come first serve when it comes to sales like that. Um, but I've heard great things about the um, this about these vinegar syndrome releases. They're part of their VSU release slate. Which is, um, yeah, I think, stands for um, Video Syndrome, Vinegar Syndrome Ultra. Okay. Um, obviously, because they're Ultra HD releases, and I think this may only be like their second one. Okay. Um, I want to say the Beastmaster was their first release, um, and I hate that I didn't buy that. I don't even care how bad that movie may or may not be. I know it's just it, you know, it's an '80s like cult movie, if you will, but um, it the packaging. And I'm gonna you know I'm gonna pop when I say packaging because it, it the packaging is so amazing. Yeah. It's a thick like box with a clasp that goes over, and it, the magnet, like Stephen said, holds holds it closed. But it's a really beautiful package, and they are limited, I believe. Um, I, I want to say it's two thousand, maybe. Yeah, the Beastmaster one. Is was of was limited to ten thousand. Oh, ten thousand. Okay. I'm, so I'm yeah, off. and it's sold out now, and it came out last November, so not even a year. Yeah, yeah. And I think this just sold out, like during the sale. Yeah. Like they only had a couple of copies left. That makes sense. Oh, Should have got one. Um, <laughs> and they um, but the, yeah, it's a great it's a great set. Um, I actually don't even know because right now their site the site's not down. But you can't look at any of their releases on their site because well, I think their only sh- their partner labels is are, yeah. are, are the only things up right now. Yeah, yeah. So I can't even check to see what their what their other VSU titles are. So I don't even know if what I, the, the information I just told you is accurate or not. Uh, but all <laughs> I know is that um, uh, that Six String Samurai is part of their VSU line, and I can't wait to get mine. Yeah, um, you're, I think you're going to enjoy it. There's also a uh, apparently like a full length documentary on there that's about the making of it. That was put together by the director too, so that that I can't wait to go through that. Um, yeah, for yeah. those of you out there who have no idea what we're talking about, go on to YouTube and watch the Six String Samurai trailer. But it's also about the like the putting together of this product, yeah. or at least uh, you know the people working at Vinegar Syndrome, how passionate they are about you know the products they put out, and just speci- specifically this one and. And whatnot, it really shows you that these people are real super 
film fans, yeah. just like just like us. It's kind of that's what's that's that's what's kind of the great thing about talking about these boutique labels is a lot of them. Pretty much, I'm, I'm assuming all of them are run by genuine, genuine film fans. It's not like some corporate entity out there with some people in suits. You know, it's not it's not a, not not a Disney. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean nowadays, if you're running, if you're getting into physical media, you have to want to do it. Like it may, it would, it would, it would, you know, be weird to me if some random business guy was like, oh, you know, that's where, what everybody's buying these days is physical media. Oh, that's what we got to, that's the business that we got to get into. We'll make tons of money, you know? Yeah, I know. There's no like corporate overlord, like looking at their stock market shares and worried about, you know, bonuses and, yeah. you know, looking at charts and stuff. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea how any of this works. No. All but... I know is it feels like we're getting genuine products from genuine people who love movies yes which is you know really nice yes and um so yeah uh six stream samurai if you can get that collection that 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 movie uh this release get it i wouldn't waste don't waste your don't think about it don't overthink it i'm surprised andrew didn't overthink this one um i guess that i guess the trailer really got him um but um yes get it um so that's it for our episode that's it for uh number eight uh spine number eight from uh Chasing Labels. Uh, where can we find you, Andrew? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Cabzilla06, as well as my YouTube channel, Cabzilla Productions. And you can find me on Facebook, Stephen Billings. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ChasingLabel16. I post all my goodies on there. Um, you can also find me on Letterboxd uh, at Chasing Labels, where I I usually keep up. You, you can see what I'm watching on there. Uh, you, can, you can chat with me. I, I might chat back. Uh, or uh, you can also find uh, these are also kind of like the the places you are for the for the podcast. So um, we also have a group uh, on Facebook that you can join and chat with other film people. Uh, we're we're in the low numbers right now, so help us build that up. Help us build that community up for chasing labels. So go to Facebook cha- uh, and chasing labels group, and we'll let you in. Uh, and also you can find the audio for this podcast on Podbean, Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, probably some other places. Um, But that's it for this episode. Uh, Thanks once again for listening. And hey, keep on buying them movies. I know I will.